Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hundred episode and starting five podcast SB Nation Christopher Blues. I am the one P Shark. I am at underscore Sky Leader on Twitter today, gentlemen. Congratulations, we've hit yet another yet another milestone. Another milestone indeed. This is the three and D guy Trevor, of course, always up in the corner. Bags is unpacked, chilling on Dylan Brooks Island at least for the rest of the season. What's good, everybody? Uh I didn't expect you to open with that one, Trevor. But because uh, I know the bags have been unpacked, I can't wait to talk about that. It's really shitty. Big fella, what's happening? What's going on, y'all? Congratulations on 100, man, at Tam Shakir. And this is the episode. We're going to keep it 100 about a grid. So, you know, no pun intended, but let's get it. For sure, for sure man. At least Dylan had Jason Tatum on the island the, 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 the other day doing this recent three-game stretch. But – the Grizzlies did go two and one last week. We're getting to the trade deadline grade in the second. Why she did over here eating his spaghetti? Um, Grizzlies did beat the Chicago Bulls, then beat the Minnesota Temple Wolves at home Friday before losing to the team that John Morant did say that he wasn't fine with, which was the Boston Celtics. So I don't think they have one. The Grizzlies haven't won in Boston since 2013. 2013. Wow. Ten years they haven't won in Boston. But what y'all, what y'all thoughts about the Grizzlies this past week? Uh, you know, as I sit here and try to put my feelings aside about the trade deadline, and I'm really trying to be, you know, be mute about that one. If we're just going to uh, strictly just talk about the games, um, you know, I'll take two and one. Two and one is much better than what we were doing, you know, a week or two ago. So there's that. I mean, you know, the win against the Bulls. Uh, I mean, I, even that game, I was, you know, I was a little nervous. You know, it was late with mid, I think mid to late third quarter. And the Grizzlies were actually down in that game. So, they, you know, granted they came back and won that game, but, you know, even then, like, still, they didn't look well in that game. Um, the Minnesota game was uh, actually a really competitive game. I was actually at that game. Um, I think it was last Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, the game was well. Defensively, they looked really good. Uh, Ant-Man was uh, was not true, you know, Ant-Man as usual, um, you know, thanks to a specific some part, you know, a specific somebody on the team. So give him a shout-out for that. Uh, so Grizz came away with that win, and then you know they played Boston national TV. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that 
that's a loss. <laughs> you, you feel me? Like again, and and they looked well. They looked how they had been looking. Like how they looked in that loss against Boston is essentially like how they looked all week. They were up and down. You know, stretches where you know they would actually play some defense, but then you know they were you know, but then not score. Or there would be times where they could score but not play defense. So they couldn't really just put a full you know game together wire to wire. And essentially, Boston ain't about their life. Boston's not going to allow you to to be up and down like that um, against a really good team, a really a, a really good shooting team um, like Boston was. So they took that L, and, you know, it was a little frustrating, but that's who the Grizzlies are. That's who they've shown us to be over the past, what, two weeks now. So um, I, I'll take 2-1 for sure because it's much better than we were a week ago. Yeah, the bags were unpacked at Dylan Brooks Island because we had three special guests during this week, and that was Zach Levine, Anthony Edwards, and Jason Tatum. Uh, so you know, with those three, and, and Zach Kleinman, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so with those three, you know, uh, paying some visits, you know, uh, kudos to the Grizz on a two in one week. You would definitely take that. Um, as far as the Bulls game is concerned, of course, to Scholar's point, I was very nervous as well because at some point you just had a feeling that someone was going to get it going. Uh, either it was Zach Levine who had struggled for most of the game, or. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, Vucimane, who uh, was basically destroying the Grizz the entire game, and then the Grizz just decided to wake up. Um, and the game against the Timberwolves is, at this point, I'm just going to say it's the Timberwolves. I mean, I was expecting the big game from uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, but uh, Memphis as a team, as well as Dylan, did a great job on on uh, containing him as well, and Memphis was able to take care of business. Uh, most of us, if not all of us, pretty much predicted that Memphis would lose um, to Boston, given that it's a national televised game. It's on Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody's watching. Um, but for most of the game, the Grizz did pretty much everything you can to possibly win that game. But Boston is just that much better. They're just that complete of a team. Like if you were to get a poor shooting night from, J- from Jason Tatum, and not have Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in your lineup, you're pretty much in position to win that game. Um, it's just a matter if you have the wherewithal as a team to get over the hump and get it done. And unfortunately for the Grizz, we're not there yet as a team. Um, so hopefully the Grizz took this loss to Boston to heart as to not only to see what a championship contender looks like, like what are some of the things you need to do to become a championship team? Yeah, Jason Tatum struggled, but – Boston got it going from three and all their role players was knocking down some easy shots. And from that point on, it, it was it was curtains for the Grizz. And then Boston in their in their home in the Boston Garden is shooting lights out from three. Like prior to that game starting, they were like 44 for their last 90. So they were literally hitting nearly half of their three point shots that is going up inside of their buildings. And if ball once Boston got it going from three, it was no looking back from there. But um, you would definitely take a two in one week. Uh, they finally got off the schneid of uh, losing the Western Conference teams with the win over Minnesota. Uh, so we'll see how things look forward, uh, look moving forward. Yeah, one of the one of the things that you talked about was like how well the Celtics play at home. And let me tell you, Ja, um, we talking about you're okay in the West besides the Celtics. I completely agree. I think. Everyone should be afraid of the Celtics at this point, um, regardless of the five that they put out there or who was their bench. Um, this team still, this team is still stinging with the pain of losing. I feel like the way they did in the finals, and they're paying a lot of people back. 
um, with twos, threes, whatever it may be um, on the way there. Bulls, we had to win somewhere. Timberwolves, that's the matchup that's going to go back and forth. Um, I'm going to this stat line because I, I got I, – I know we're going to discuss more about the trade deadline and things that occurred there or not. But what I don't want to happen is 15, 7, and 6. 15, 7, and 6 is the stat line for Jaron Jackson Jr. He had 15 points, 7 rebounds, 6 fouls. And so we cannot get to a place where we are doing regression because we all on this podcast agree that right now, as it stands to us, Jerry Jackson Jr. is defensive player of the game, defensive player of the year, excuse me. And when you're taking out the best defender mentally and physically, because he only gave you 20 minutes, I believe, last game. And when you only have 20 minutes out of your best defender, not only on the team, but in the league, Shots are going to be hit. Paint's going to be open. Rebounds are going to be there. He provides us so much. And, of course, we're doing this with Al Steven Adams, whatever. Xavier Tillman's been playing up and down, um, as all Grizzlies players have been uh, within this stint. But Jaron Jackson Jr., we cannot get back into that regression of the fouls. Regardless if they were six real fouls or fake fouls or phantom fouls, it does not matter. In order for us to be fine in the West, we're going to need our defensive stopper for longer than 20 minutes at any given time and not playing 20 timid minutes because after a certain time, you play timid because you got those two or three fouls or those five fouls. And so, Jaron, just don't worry. I feel like it was one game. It's not something that you do often or frequently. That's something that we talked about maturity and what you've been doing over these know a couple months so to speak since you've been back i just pray that it stays as just an isolated incident and we move forward um to the all-star break gee that's a good uh point that you picked up on as far as like jaron jackson and of course um doing what he does of course a lot better this season and not fouling out because there aren't too many games that he actually has fouled out so we can definitely give him credit on that um but as far as you know we're talking about the, the trade that I'm going to talk more about that is the fact that he's also out there, arguably out there, best score on the team. And if he's not on the court, then we're not getting that production. Um, so, of course, scoring, we could have definitely added more scoring. But I, I think with that Chicago Bulls game, it's kind of where I'm kind of, even though we won, I'm kind of disappointed at the fact that y'all know how I like to attack teams that don't have a true big. We only had 50 points in the second half, in the first half, you know, against that Chicago Bulls team. If we're trying to advance as a franchise, we we got to score a little bit more than 50 points against the Chicago Bulls team. Like I said, I only literally got one big. We can't be we can't be having a shooting contest with the Bulls. So, and I think that's going to be an issue going forward. Like, granted, I'm happy we was able to get the win against the Timberwolves because y'all know that's a team that I know that they they ready for us in the playoffs. Um, so I'm happy we got that win again with that finally. But as far as, like I said, the Grizzlies trying to be a better team than last year, y'all know how I feel about that, man. It, go ahead and get uh, expectations ready. So, cause yeah, <laughs> the grid, the, the, the front office didn't help the Grizzlies. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. About getting there with you, especially with, speaking about Jaron Jackson Jr. Part of the reason he has fouled out because Taylor Jenkins normally doesn't play him when he gets in foul trouble. He finally played him through foul trouble the last couple of games. 
He played through it. I forgot. I think it was against Chicago. One of these recent games, he played through it and stayed out and pretty much they fouled again and stayed in and finished the game. Then in Boston, he fouled out. And that's becoming, that's becoming recurring, especially in these national TV games we're losing. It's specifically those games that Jaron Jackson is getting in foul trouble in. Whether that's Tiki Tech fouls, whether that's him to mom again too big, but that's that was his problem in the postseason last year as well. Remember that. The Minnesota series, he was in foul trouble the entire series. So hopefully the growth of him growing out of that is the hope, right? Going forward. So uh it just lets you know that he still the amount of steps he has taken, he still has another step to take. And it it just lets you know how good he really can be, too. It's like wow, like as impressive as impressive as he's been this year, like wow, like he like it his potential is definitely endless. So him tapping into that potential is definitely what's gonna determine the Grizzlies' future and being like a chapter contender for years to come. And we, I guess, I finally see what they saw in him that we probably was like, <laughs> the last couple of years now I see it. But just another step. But going back over the week, Chicago, ugly game. It was more of a grit and, guy, a grit and grind game. Defense played really well, really, really well in that game. Um, Minnesota, that was the game the Grizzlies finally looked like the Grizzlies for the first time since early January. During the sometime during the left game winning streak, that was the first time they looked like the team that we've seen have fun playing freely. And I mean, went out and just played really well. Even in Boston, they play pretty decently, but the same problem occurs with Taylor Jenkins' defensive system, leaving guys open. Like, who the heck is Sam Hauser, bro? Six threes. I mean, when you tell me Jaden Brown ain't playing, Marcus Smart ain't playing, Malcolm Brogdon ain't playing. And Jason Tatum, Dylan Bruce held on the three for 16 shooting. And you lost by 10. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Sam Hauser had 20 points, bro. Who the heck is Sam Hauser? <laughs> That's why my name is Threes, man. We can't make them and we can't stop them for some reason on the defense. I don't threes. even know. I don't even know if Boston knew who Sam Hauser was. That's how frustrating that was to watch. <laughs> That was so frustrating to watch. I was like, cuz they done took somebody's science teacher out of a public school in Boston, Massachusetts, and gave my man game time. And he walked in and gave Memphis 20 points. And I'm like, pick <laughs> up, bro. They got they all down on the bench. Like, who's this dude? Where you come from? Like, <laughs> bro, he looked like a substitute teacher. And the Grizzlies literally just let the man be wide open all night. And he was like, I mean, I guess I'll just take all these jumpers and make all of them. Like, bro, that was that was frustrating, bro. That was frustrating. Yes, Barry. Like, do you understand? Like, we probably won't win it, but when you got Jason Tatum to it, I think I don't think Jason Tatum scored 20, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, nah, he, he was held on the 20. The Grizzlies be trying to sneak in. They be acting like they can get away with the stuff on national TV, like, oh, Super Bowl today. Ain't nobody watching. We all watch the game because we got something. We got to find something to watch before the Super Bowl. <laughs> they be thinking they slick, man. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, we not watching these games, bro. <laughs> no, nah, we caught that, man. But moving forward with the trade, Luke Kennard did play his first game yesterday against the Boston Celtics. They did make the trade for him. Uh, what they traded Danny Green three second round picks. Now the Grizzlies are officially have no players over 30 years old. Steve Allen is the oldest player on the team at age 29. So take with that what you will about the young team. Then reports came out that they did offer four first for Mikael Bridges. They did offer all first round picks they had for Kevin Durant, which probably weren't realistic anyway. 
And they offered three first round picks OG Anobi and Toronto just pump fake, like, you know, like, like I, I said something inappropriate, but they just pump fake, like, you know, let's pump fake on basketball court. But what, what are y'all thoughts about the Grizzlies trade down? What is your grade for the Grizzlies trade down? I along with your thoughts. Um, I think I go like a, I go B minus. I go B minus from the standpoint of we've talked about this before, and I think Tuka was just about as frustrated as I was about it. They could make free throws, so if nothing else, Luke Kennard can make free throws. So Lord, Lord be with us if we can't find somebody to make free throws. To put Luke Kennard in the game. Let him get the let let you know let somebody inbound the ball to him and he can make some dang free throws. I think I saw out Brown Cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we found out Brian Cardinal. <laughs> let's go. Y'all know that's what I've been waiting for. All right. Oh, okay. So let's let me let's do something real quick. So let's add a commandment to the Let's Be Real podcast and say, Thou should not troll anybody on their birthday. You just trolled me on my birthday, and I'm not sure exactly how to come back from that. As I was saying, I think I saw where Luke Kennard shoots like 90% from the free throw line. 95. Because I, 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 I raise your hand on the podcast if you'll take that one. For those that's, that don't see this, everybody just raise their hand. So let's do, let's start from that perspective. Uh, and if nothing else, um, I think I also saw that um, Luke Kennard is like top 10 and three-point field goal percentage in the league. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll take that. <laughs> so from that perspective, I'll 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 give them a B minus. Where I'm very frustrated with the Grizzlies is Sharky, you talked about the report of how many first round picks that you know, the Grizzlies made to the to the Raptors and how many first round picks they made to to the Brooklyn Nets for Kevin Durant and how many, you know. But they also started to see that some of these teams wanted somebody in return. And the Grizzlies couldn't really just match anybody. They couldn't give, they couldn't sell anybody on the team. More so specifically, they could not sell Dylan Brooks to anybody. And where I'm frustrated is, this ain't, this this is the same book, gentlemen. What we, again, I'm not knocking Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks can play some damn defense. And I promise you, I am grateful to him for that. But at the end of the day, the ball or the objective is to put the ball in the hoop. He ain't doing that. At the end of the day, that's that's the objective. He has to put the ball in the hoop. And consistently seeing him go two for ten, you know, or one of seven from the three from the three-point line, or he'll go three of eleven. That's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And it's tough to watch because not only can there there, there are multiple times throughout a game in which the Grizzly can't score. But then there are times you look, if you're really paying attention to John drive the ball to the rack, you saw this yesterday against Boston. He got, he has 10 eyeballs literally looking at him. There's no space for him. There's none at all. And it's frustrating because I'm like, my man's getting 30. He's having to work his tail off of the 30, but can he get some help? And maybe he can get 35 or 40, but he can't get the damn 35 or 40 because ain't nobody else making making shots outside of sometimes when Desmond Bain is on. Dylan Brooks can't hit a damn shot. So I'm frustrated that they waited so dang long to try to put Dylan Brooks on the block. And they when they finally decided to do it, nobody else wanted him. And I'm so sick and tired of having this conversation every single year. The mic is y'all. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, 
I can't go no higher than a B for uh this this trade line. Um for the most part, the Grizzlies did address a need uh by acquiring Luke Kennard without giving up as much as uh Danny Green and things of that nature. Um to Skyler's point, he mentioned Luke Kennard right now shooting 95% from the line. Um, he's one of the top uh three-point shooters in the league percentage-wise, uh, I believe just either above or below Desmond Bain. So it's good that we have two of the best shooters in the league. Uh, percentage-wise, wearing the same uniform. Um, the reports on what all they offered for uh, for the respective people, for Mikael Bridges, KD, OG Ananobi, uh, he wasn't getting Kevin Durant. Let, let, let's just keep it a beam. Number one, he wanted to go to Phoenix. Number two, I guarantee you, even if he did want to uh, come to Memphis, you were going to have to come off of Desmond Bain. And that was just something that Memphis just was not going to do. Let's just keep that a beam here. Uh, for OG Ananobi, um, I was I thought that they made, they had a package in place, and again, the fact that they couldn't sell Dylan on that because you bring in OG Ananobi essentially as Dylan Brooks's replacement. But I think the problem with that was one, Climbing is looking for some people that has, I guess, maybe a slightly a long term deal, at least three years left on this deal. OG Ananobi was looking possibly for a bigger role, uh, which had been reported prior to uh, the trade deadline approaching. And let's just keep it a bean. He comes to the Grizzlies. He's literally the fourth option. So that's not something that he's probably was going to be looking for. Um, and then for Mikael Bridges, honestly and truthfully, I don't know why Brooklyn didn't pull, didn't pull the trigger with that. I, I think they probably was just been asking for something stupid for or that. I would offer three in Zaire or four in Zaire for, for Mikael Bridges. You could have gotten that done. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, nothing was done. I mean, you at least addressed the need. Um, I do believe at this point that in the offseason, something is probably going to get done, but the price is going to uh, come down a little bit, which may work out in the Greer's favor. Um, so I can potentially see Dylan probably in a signing trade uh possibly or uh he just walks for nothing I, I don't think memphis lets him walk for nothing if they can get somebody for him they'll probably just do a sign and trade but uh to kind of wrap this all up i, I can't go any lower than the b uh i, I have to give the grid some credit for at least addressing the need uh but i is more could have been done in my opinion yeah, and before Sheedy goes, I think that and that's what I wanted to get to. Like, I know that you know, Trevor, you you hit the nail on the head in terms of KD one coming here, <laughs> and Sharky, you already mentioned that the Raptors essentially pump fake. They they hit the Carmelo Anthony pump fake, pump fake, and you know, you know got everybody. Um, but it's really more so where Trevor just ended with, which is my concern is they could have been a lot more aggressive than they were. That's the part that was frustrating me. They could have done a lot bit more and. I'm not sure when or what at what time they decided to pull the Lucanar trade, but it, it essentially it came off to me as you know I guess I'll do something you know like everybody else is making your move so why don't I make a move that's what they felt like go go ahead Chief. yeah real quick I, I think Memphis had to make a move I think a lot of the front office and the fans would have been really messed up if nothing was done if everybody kind of kind of stayed intact there so I, I agree with you there. And to your point, right before she to go, my bad, she to your point, Trevor. <laughs> Zach climbing doing having, having this press conference speech saying, and these reports coming out, 10 to that, right? That, exactly. Like, 
these reports don't come out if you ain't hearing if you ain't hearing room hearing yeah. stuff from the fan base hearing roughness. I wanna hey, I'm pretty sure Chris has pushed the reports out. Yeah, I wonder how I wonder how much of what Klein is saying in their press conference about teams wanting to come to Memphis is actually true because he's getting this from a lot of agents based on uh what's going on. So that's why I said stay tuned in the offseason. This this may uh could potentially work out in the Grizz's favor, but for right now, B. Floor is yours, Sheedy. Hold on, before she now just playing. I mean, you might as well. I I mean, hell, I, I'll stay around. I'm here. I'm here until Sunday. You got it? You want to go? It's, <laughs> it matters not to me. Here, here what, we go. Hey, what Shaq say? One, two, three, no, one, two, three, <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right. So here's the thing, and I've been I've been waiting too long for this. Jamal Murray's back for the Nuggets, if I remember correctly. The Kings got a better coach in Sabonis. The Mavericks got Kyrie Irving. The Suns have Kevin Durant. And by God, for the Clippers, I like Bones Highland there for the Clippers. The Pelicans get Zion back. Minnesota got Rudy Gobert. Golden State's going to be maybe fully healthy. Hell, even the Lakers got somebody. Luke. Not not, not 305, Luke. We got Luke Kennard. After all those players I named, we going to sit with Luke. Not Luke from the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, don't matter. John, Mark, John, don't matter. We got Luke. Luke Skywalker. I don't think he can jump that high. So, now, here's my other problem I have. It's called a trade deadline, right? Which means you had all summer, fall, and up until February 9th to make a trade occur. Lou? Okay, hold on. I tell y'all, we've talked about this. We trade when the value is high. I'm going to point to a date that was the highest date to trade Dylan Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, let me recollect your memory um, to January 18th. We played the Cavs. National televised game, Dylan Brooks with the block. Well, hell, we might as well just sat him after that because we lost five straight. Sit them down, get them ready to get traded, and I guarantee there would have been more traction before, oh, I don't know, February 2nd, when he became Dylan Brooks the Nutcracker, okay, and played Cleveland again. You get booed in your own city. Who wants you to come there? What GM is going to be like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I want the Nutcracker with me, if you don't mind. Does he do pillowettes as well? Want him. They don't want him. He's toxic. He's wanted to prove himself later on. He's not going to get 
that 20 million now plus i mean somebody might pay him i mean hell who orlando magic will pay anybody but luke that's what we got to settle with strap up memphis and i don't mean for hiv and aids it's gonna be tough in the playoffs so instead of elf, again? yeah, instead of F or a D minus or something. Oh, it's an E plus <laughs> for lack of effort. <laughs> said, strap up, and I'm talking. I'm not talking about HIV STD. Hey, you are out of pocket. This y'all guy, man. <laughs> you do two shows with him. That's your guy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How you gonna put that line on there? Take man? three shows. I might do three well, shows with him. Hell yeah, no. Nah. How you do three shows with the man but put him on us? Hell no. Nah. That's your, that's yeah, your that's man. You, y'all y'all do before I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here you go. Here we go. And you know what's funny about that is like that Cavs game, that's literally after that Cavs game is when we started with the losing streak and everything. So wait to do your homework on that one. But you better you literally been waiting for that. You know, and so shout out to you. It, it, it's good, but way to let it out, way to woosah. You know, the fact that I had my woosah episode a couple episodes ago, I understand perfectly. But to answer the question that's in hand, I give us a C plus for simply the fact of literally. Everybody got better. Every single team, I guess, outside of the Kings, you know, for the trade line, got better. And we just got Luke Kennard. Granted, the numbers are there. He's one of the better shooters in what the Grizz like to do as far as, like, corner shooting as well. He's one of the best corner three-ball shooters uh, in a corner in the league. So I guess that's going to work. My thing is, who going to give him the damn ball? Like, <laughs> if we're going to keep it a buck, we got Ty Jones, of course, and John Miranda, of course, going to try to get – you know, their assists up. But if we got problem finding, you know, Jaron when we when 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 he's in a paint, how are we gonna find my boy to shoot an open three? And if this is this is gonna be arguably, let me see, the best well we <laughs> arguably the best fourth score on the team if that's what we traded for. I mean, that's the issue for me. And I know y'all we talked about, you know, trading Dylan Briggs while his value is high. I'm not gonna touch that. Y'all know how I feel about playmaker. We got him now. We're going to have them over the summer. If we trade them over the summer, cool. But my thing is, y'all, what I feel like this team going to do, I feel like this team going to embrace the dark. We're going to embrace the dark side. We're going to embrace everybody hating on us just like the Pistons did back in the day. And we're going to end up resigning Dylan Brooks for that 20 mil a year. Yeah, I said it. The, the way that this is looking, it's for the simple fact that this trade deadline showed me everything that I need to know about the Grizzlies. I said that we needed to see because we we lost a pivotal piece of our of our of our core. Not gonna say core of our bench in the offseason. We we prioritized this defense uh, uh, before we got rid of the Anthony Melton and Kyle Anderson. And what are we doing now? Of course, Jaron Jackson knows that I'm not taking another thing away. But as a team, we're not there defensively. And for a Western Conference that I said that we that everybody got better in, ain't no way in hell I can see us getting in the second round just based on the team that we got. So. Why not go all in and trade Dylan to make sure that we get something for a player that's probably can walk in the offseason unless we plan on paying the man that everybody in the organization has no problem with on a daily basis going two for 12 with two assists. They ain't got a problem with it by now. They showing us who they are. Damn it. We got to believe him at this point. So I'm just putting it out there. Everybody going to start to hate us. We see the Oakland Raider. Detroit Pistons, how they, you know, bring out the Raider at this point. 
because the Grizz is going to be the most hated team in the league, and why not go ahead and put the stamp on it for the next few years to come, re-sign Dylan Brooks, and go ahead, throw away the fan base that you worked off to get because <laughs> – yeah, I might go all in. I don't know. Here's, here's, my, here's my thing, because y'all are 100% on the nail, and I, I agree one wholeheartedly. But if you were, uh, and I say this again, if you were that adamant on keeping Dylan Brooks and resigning Dylan Brooks, why not just move Zaire? Why not move Zaire? Like, if these teams are asking for a player, or at least if Zaire is quote unquote a project and, and a young prospect, and you're adamant on keeping Dylan Brooks, why not just move Zaire? Why not just move Zaire? Like, again, I agree wholeheartedly about everything with Dylan Brooks. And y'all know I went from the biggest Dylan Brooks hater to the biggest Dylan Brooks supporter. Uh, but if you're Zach Kleiman and you're adamant on keeping Dylan Brooks here, one, you should have resigned him. Two, be honest, Zaire should have been moved this past summer if that was your plan to, to resign Dylan Brooks and try to keep him around. Now you're stuck here because Zaire's in South Haven right now. Who knows when he's going to come back up? Um, you got Dylan for the rest of the season. He's been abysmal shooting the ball. It's greatest defense he's been playing. I just need him to knock down at least a couple of more shots just to uh, keep defenses honest uh, when he's out there. But I mean, now you're in. You get to the summertime. I said the only thing you could probably do now is maybe a sign and trade, or you're just going to let him walk for nothing. And if you just let him walk for nothing, then at this point, what what's what's the, what's the deal? So, yeah, we'll see what happens this summer because I if they really offer four first round picks with Mikael Bridges and three for OGL Novi, <laughs> I can see them let him walk for nothing and still try to make the same trade this summer when those players lose value because keep keep it one OG ain't going for no three first no more. Toronto. Oh no, no, the price coming down. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we know the price is coming down. <laughs> Good luck, Toronto. Uh, y'all should have struck while it was hot. <laughs> yeah, the, the price is most definitely coming down, and Toronto is gonna have no choice but to make a move if that, that's right. gonna be the case. So yeah, good luck with that. Brooklyn, Mikhail Britt for four first round picks was overpaid, and Zach Kleiman said to himself, that price is coming down. So I would have really I would have I would have <laughs> done I would have done three and been like, here's Zari Williams. Give us McCaffrey. Right. So I think those I think those teams missed the mark on it because that yeah. price is coming down. And I have belief uh, going forward in the summer that they'll probably make more moves. But going back to now, give me a C plus because of procrastination. I was never much of a procrastinator in school. I made sure I got my own time at some point. Right. But the people who are procrastinators, that's just doing enough to get by. Like, like uh, she just said, like the trade deadline. Why y'all wait till the very last minute at the very edge of the trade deadline to try to make these trades? Well, I understand McCarry Bridges that didn't happen because he didn't get traded until the end, right? So that one, OG. We've been hearing about OG for since last summer. Y'all had all y'all seen. Y'all had since July to try to make the move, right? And y'all waited till February, uh, wherever the deadline was, February the tenth. Offer three first. We got trouble. Question: How much of this has a lot to do with the Kyrie Irving deal? Because you got to realize, like, yeah, Kyrie didn't get his deal last summer. We all knew he was going to eventually walk. We had everything that went down with Brooklyn to start the season. Then they started to play well. They started to right the ship. Kevin Durant goes down. You still think that they are going to still compete. And then all of a sudden, with literally days before the trade deadline, Kyrie Irving requests a trade. And then the, the, the deal with Dallas eventually happens. So now if you're... To your point, I, I get it. The Grizzlies were procrastinating, uh, but 
I just have a feeling that some of this had had the Kyrie all of a sudden requesting the trade just kind of pushed things to, to the uh was the first domino to kind of set everything off. And it kind of put a little pressure on Memphis by Kyrie going to Dallas and eventually KD going to Phoenix that Memphis had to do something, even though they should have, even though we all feel they should have done something anyway. But I, I just feel that uh, that 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 Kyrie Irving uh, trade request all out the blue kind of set all this in motion. That goes to my next point. There's one man to blame for all of this. My bad. So I need <laughs> Mr. Superstar. Nope, it's John Morant. Mr. I'm fine in the Western Conference. He the one who made the statement. He's the one who said I'm fine with doing Brooks taking shots. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Show us. Hashtag blame job. Okay, here we go, Josh. Show us. You, you do. I know you a superstar. Draymond, Draymond said on his podcast. He said, "Job Morant, you're fine. Why the rest of your team is the rest of your team fine?" <laughs> no. He spoke for the rest of the team. He said, "We." He didn't say, "I." Show us, Josh. Prove to us. Make the rest of the team lift them up. It's on you, player. It's on you. <laughs> but yeah, give me a C plus, man. And main reason, like I said, Luke Kennard, he can shoot. He can shoot some free throws. Hurry. I don't think he's much of a defender, but you know, we need scoring with all this weather of the West Conference, right? Um, the problem I have is I just knew John Conchard minutes were going away, and they didn't. So it comes back to Taylor Jenkins. <laughs> it just comes back to him. I, I just knew I was like, yeah, you know, if he's gone, John Conchard no more. The next report come out. David Roddy going back to G League. Zaire going to G League. Uh, so we still got to see John Contra and Luke Kennard at the same time. Yeah. Yay. Tyus Jones, my guy. You know, two tried to argue with us. Tommy should be six man. Boy, that might have been struggling. Six man. No, sir. <laughs> I ain't looking too good for my boy, man. I don't know what's Eight going man. on. Eight man. <laughs> 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 but. Plus he ain't got no help future. on the bench. That's the thing, bro. He has no help on the bench. Hey, he got Luke Kennard now. Yeah, but I got, got Luke 316. <laughs> Stop. Lock out. As long as Luke don't go three for 16, we good, bro. Like, yeah. hey, I'm going to look up Luke 316 just because he brought it. <laughs> I'll tell you, my people. But moving forward, the Super Bowl was played yesterday, right? Pat Mahomes continues to show why he's the best quarterback in the NFL. So, thought this guy missed the NFL NBA a little bit. Who's a player in the NBA, either in the, I ain't gonna say in the past, like before, but like a, probably like a current player who, as he was coming up, they remind, or, or a current player right now, a young player that reminds you the most of a Pat Mahomes. Like, who's the Pat Mahomes of the NBA, in your opinion? So when you ask that question, because that's a really, really good question. And so when I think about it, I think about one, to your point, Charky, like who has the talent to one match uh, Pat Mahomes, but then who also, who has the, the accolades? Like if you think about what all Pat Mahomes has done, he's done that all in six seasons. And <laughs> like, that's like, that's quick. So I'm trying to think about like who else would like, who that would match. And the only person I can still think of, which, I wish he was a little bit younger for and this I think this answer would would fit well, but it's it's right now it's still for me, Steph Curry. Like just if you think about like the like what all came with Steph Curry, like even now, like people, you know, people 
show up to arenas, you know, 30, 45 minutes early just to watch him warm up. I don't know if people do that for Pat Mahomes, but then again, it's 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 the it's the what's the word that Stephen A says all the time? Box office. That's what it is. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like Steph Curry is box office. Pat Mahomes is box office. Like those are people that I don't care if you like if you gotta drive six hours, if that's the easiest ticket that you can get, you go make that happen. And if you just think about everything that Steph Curry has done, how he's changed the game, how Pat Mahomes has changed the game. If you think about um, the way defenses, you know, how they, you know, have they have to adjust their game. Like they did the same thing with, with Steph Curry, did the same thing with Pat Mahomes. For me, Steph Curry is dancing. For everything Skyler just said, I'll keep it short and sweet, Steph Curry. Damn, I think it was going to be that quick. Um, that's what she said. I was waiting for somebody to set it up, and nobody picked it up. It's cool. Um, <clears throat> she better not set it up. It's almost Valentine's Day. Because she said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, the answer is is definitely Steph Curry. Um, I think that based upon his lineage thus far and where he's gone, you can put – you can say – I'm not saying he's like this, but parallel to what LeBron has went through. Um, what I mean by that is you went to the championship game. You didn't win it. You saw someone that was better than you win, which, you know, when LeBron finally made his first one, you know, getting beat by um, the Spurs and getting cleaned out, um, you know, Buccaneers made, made work of him. Uh, Pat, um, I guess someone I could see that's like – coming of age because he's been to the AFC championship. I think what five AFC championship games um at this point. Um the only other player besides Steph Curry parallel with LeBron uh, would be Jason Tatum. Um Jason Tatum in the beginning of his years and still now is going to be contender for Eastern Conference championship every single season, if not going to the finals. Um does he have the accolades in terms of MVPs or, or finals MVPs or finals rings? No, he's not. But the Celtics are a team that Come June, um, late May, June, they're going to make a run. Same way, you know, if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are in the playoff run, they're going to make a run. So I definitely want to bring a different uh, perspective to this because I, I well, we actually um, did a segment on this, um, I, I believe, on Three to Hardaway um, as far as like comparing NBA players to NFL players. Um, at the time, I did say Steph Curry, um, but just thinking about it now, um, and I'm bringing like a personal perspective, so please forgive me. But you talk about for me somebody who literally picks against Patrick Mahomes damn near every chance I get because, and I don't know what it is. I just feel like he's gonna lose, but maybe it's the greatness that's in him that he's uh, he's had since day one that I kind of like. Man, okay, let me start going with him for for sure. Um, he came into the game with a swag with a certain swag, and he ended up getting you know half of the half a billion dollar contract based on his style of play right so a person that i believe that came into the game you know ricky year then you know did all right but then second year blossomed into the player that we grew to love or hate based on where you stood and as far as far as like loving or not appreciating his greatness i gotta go with the afro kobe Bryant. uh rest in peace to the black mamba um but if, like i said i had to bring my own personal perspective to it because growing up I, I hated Kobe Bryant. Get this dude off the court, especially being my favorite player, Allen Iverson. Like, no, move. But he had a lot of success early. You know what I'm saying? And then the Lakers end up moving Shaq. The Chiefs end up moving Tyreek Hill. 
Pat Mahomes, you're going to be the same without your go-to guy. He showed us that he can win without his go-to guy, and he's going to continue to dumb. I ain't going to say dominate, but he's going to continue to show uh, why he is the best quarterback in the league, just like every day, every night Kobe showed why he was the best player in the game. Uh, so if I had to make a comparison between two, of course, like I said earlier, it was Steph Perry, but just now it, it'll be Kobe Bryant for sure. Good, good. Nice. Right, that was really good. That was very, very good, was, different good. Uh, perspective. Cause I'm, I was going, I'm going still too for the reasons why. And I'm trying to think of like when they, and really I'm coming from this, when they first got drafted, nobody thought Pat Mahomes would be where he is. Nobody thought Steph would be where he is. Like Pat Mahomes wasn't the number one pick. He was number 10. And even when he got drafted number 10, that was pretty hot. Like when the Chiefs traded up to get him, he wasn't expected to be the second quarterback taken. He was expected to be the third quarterback taken after Deshaun Watson. So even that, that was like, oh, they took him. Then they set him for a year. Steph began his career. He got drafted, I think, seventh. Um, yeah. Then even then, right. And that was – I ain't going to say that was uh, high, but, like, it was still Sorry, Nick like, fans. I know. It's okay. Sorry, Nick Yeah, fans. yeah. It was kind of like <laughs> one of the deals where, like, uh, you know, how good is he really going to be? Then for both of them, kind of just come in and just, like, change the game. Steph with three-point shoot. Pat Mahomes with just the acrobatic play, all the crazy no-look passes, jumping up off of one foot. Throwing touchdown passes, being parallel to the ground, throwing the ball still into the end zone, Super Bowl that he get blown out in, but he's still making crazy plays in a blowout loss because <laughs> just how amazing his talent is. So that's why I say that's why I really think still in that sense because it's like they kind of they ain't come from nothing, but they they wasn't expected to be what they became, and kind of just like it just happened like in a snap of a finger, like bingo, like wow. And thinking what she was thinking, if I had to think of a player now, I was thinking of Jason Tatum, another player who came in. Now, he was kind of higher valued, but the success portion. How Pat Mahomes has been in five straight. Like I said, he didn't play his first year ever since he started five straight AFC championships, three Super Bowls. Jason Tatum, he went to, I think his first was six years. He's been in three or four Eastern Conference Finals. and find amazing anybody finals last year. The favorite to win it this year. That's why I, I would say more success portion. He's closer to Pat Mahomes, but he need to get probably MVP award out. Yeah, he still got a ways to go to get there, but I think I would think of him more as uh, as a current player. So definitely a good win. But coming forward, Grizzlies. Back to the Grizzlies. They do have the Utah Jazz. One more game at home Wednesday before All Star break. Yeah, they got a week off. So what are some All Star break resolutions? That y'all got for the Grizzlies. What what do, what do they need to figure out? Free throws. I, I I say this for everybody. Free throws. Um, let's start there. Second of all, um, until Steven and Adams get back, which I think it should be soon. Can, can we can we learn can we can we learn how to box out? Because nah. like, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, like I, I I get it. Steven Adams can rebound his butt off, but damn, can nobody else rebound? I'm so tired of seeing these like play like teams get these offensive rebounds. How many did Boston have yesterday? Like 20? Pretty sure they didn't have 20, but it shame, it dang sure felt like it. So for me, it's free throws. Like just take however long y'all need. Practice on these free throws. Give with Luke Kennard. Get, get with Luke Walton, Luke Skywalker. Get with Mark. Make get 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 with Luke. He's gonna help y'all practice these free throws. He shoot 95%. That's all everybody needs to do. John, the moment you get done with the All-Star game, actually fake like you're injured. So you can go back with the team, practice the free throws, because everybody got better, y'all. And I'm, and I'm so tired of, like, those being it's like some of the main reasons why we lose these games. We need to practice shooting. 
threes and free throws and rebound. Yeah, I know we kind of touched on them earlier, and uh, but I feel that at some point that this is going to have to happen. So all-star resolution for me is I need to see Jaron Jackson Jr. more at the five. Um, no disrespect to Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr has played well uh, as of late. But um, there's going to come a point in time where Jaron is going to have to play the five. Um, I love Big Steve and him, but unfortunately, he's not going to be able to stay on the floor because of his free throw shooting and things of that nature. Uh, so why not now try to experiment and see what you can get? Uh, maybe just a few games, a small sample size, maybe five, because there's really no room for error now. It's only like 20 plus games left as a whole. Uh, see what, what you look like with Jaron at the five. Uh, yeah, we talked about his foul troubles that we don't want to regress back to that. And honestly, I feel that a couple of those, he can stay out of foul trouble if he stop picking up ticky tack offensive fouls. Like if you, if, if he can stop picking up fouls on the offensive side of the ball, we can, if it's, uh, six, six fouls of him trying to block shots and things of that nature, you can live with that. Cause at least half of those, or at least more than half will be blocks. Or not, or it could be bang bang plays. But when you're picking up offensive fouls, that's that's what's the uh, that's what's the issue. So yeah, if for me, I would just like to see uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. more at the five because it's going to have to happen going forward. Period. So um, I want to see more road victories. Um, we're eleven and seventeen away from FedEx form. Don't get me wrong. I know a lot of other teams. I don't. I think there might be five teams, maybe, that have a, a winning percentage above five hundred away from their place. Um, but I would like for us to get at least a game or two away from being five hundred. So I'll, I'll rest my case because I think we have like thirteen road games left. If we can win at least, I'll say this: I want to win at least eight road games on our way to end the season. Out of 13, I think eight is doable, especially when one of them is against the Rockets. So. I don't want the Grizzlies to finish under 500 against the Western Conference teams. Right now, we're at 16 and 16. Yeah, 16 and 16. So I don't want us to finish 500, especially with us being fine in the West. Nah, man. If we lose with a loser, if we, if we lose – if we got to finish the record, of course, number two, I get, oh, we the number two seed, blah, blah, blah. If we finish with an under 500 Western Conference, let's kiss the second round goodbye. That's all I got to say. Have you seen that March schedule, my brother? Exactly. <laughs> that's going to be tough. <laughs> exactly. That's why, I just, that's why I didn't say, oh, I didn't say, oh, 500. I just said just 500. Just have, have me out. I want us to, do, to develop. So we're so big on development. Play Zaire. Play David Roddy, please. Ain't no, ain't no need playing John Conchar. We play under 500 ball. I know. Hey, John, what John Conchar doing? Hey, play, play the development, guys. <laughs> that's all. That's, that's what you need to take. It, yeah, if you're going to develop them, either play them <laughs> or let them develop them or trade them. It's just that's <laughs> Right. So actually play those guys. Um, I don't see the problem. You might, that's what you want. That's what. That's what. That's the plan. Develop them. So that's what I want to see new. Actually, develop the young guys that you got. Actually, play them some real minutes. Choose one of the two. Play both of them. Decide which one you want to focus on most between David Roddy and Zaire Williams, and play them. Let's go. 
No, I, I I have one more. Can we find a way to put Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard in the game at the same time? But yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care what that looks like defensively. I could honestly give two craps. But Lord Jesus, you if you have two people on your team that shoot 45% from three, Sheedy, would right. you make that move? I think that's where Jaron at the five goes. That's why I say I put Jaron at the five. <laughs> See, five. we all here. <laughs> Everything else you can figure out. If you go yeah. job one, Des two, Luke and R three, I don't care who you put it for. You put Sarvi at the four. You put Sarvi at the four. Oh, no, let's have let's run five out. You can put me at the four for I give a damn. But but dang it, that's that. Put Luke and R and Des Bain at the game in at the same time. In my opinion, just makes sense. I don't think yep. about this, Kyler. Y'all rebounding thing won't come true. But hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I will not do that to me on my birthday. You are out of pocket, sir. I'm just saying. Don't question my <laughs> rebound. We're going to have the game. We're going to have the game. We're going to We're going to be explosive on all Wrap the show up. Wrap the show up. <laughs> Real quick, man. Did the Grizzlies uh, go to the All Star break with the win of Utah and an above 500 record in the Western Conference? No. It's a home yes, game. It's Utah. They they finna go. They they finna be living Utah, man. They ready to get back home for the All Star facilities, they and they finna start in Utah. Hanging. Is that what you just said? You said yeah. what? I thought Tuk said they finna get lit in Utah. Like a That's Christmas like, tree. He li- he literally said lit in Utah like a Christmas tree. Or or literature. Well, lit. what, yeah, literature. What, there what you go. do there you in go. Utah to get lit? That's what that's what I'm yeah. trying to get at. What, what what's there to do in Utah to get lit? Hit, hit the slopes. Um my answer yeah, is I, I, the I, question. I, I'm I done. think um let me look at the standards real quick. Yes, I do think Memphis get, gets there. Um, yeah, M- Memphis gets there. They, they get the say W. Yes. Say yes, too. They got them at home. They better get the W. Yeah. <laughs> say that. They better get this W. Because I'm going to be at the game. Yeah, Lee. They got to get this W. You got dog. All right, man. That was fun. Definitely. Definitely, definitely insightful show, <laughs> to say the least. Well, that was our hundred episode on Scout's birthday, by the way. So happy birthday! Yeah, again, happy birthday! Man. <laughs> so man, nice, nice show. But remember, sideways, y'all know y'all can follow us on Twitter at Startify Number Five M E O. Follow the Gristy Bear Blues at SBN Gristies, and check out the articles at SBN at GristyBearBlues.com. Listen to the other podcasts on Network GBB Live, Core Four, Next Gen, and Grizzly Bear Bets. And as always, you you can follow me at the one D A O N D underscore Pete Shark at underscore Skylade on Twitter. Again, the new commandment is you should not troll anybody on their birthday. Yeah, I'm at the Art of Trevor. Um, my grandma has me off, so you can capitalize of. And uh, last but not least, uh, shout out to Junior, man, who's going to be representing the Hustle slash Grizz in the uh, Rising Stars event. Uh, I know he's going to go out and get buckets this off-star weekend. So big shout out to Junior. It's really shitty. Lino, happy birthday, man. Uh, Ed Tim, she can make sure y'all listen. Listen to us. Keep listening to us. Go Grizz. Go Grizz. Go Grizz.